Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lant. I'm your host, James Lankin, and I got a good friend with me. Um, he is the co-owner of Finishing Touches Culinary, and he's also the Chief Operating Officer, Mr. Dominic Williams. Thank you for joining me. How you doing today, Lant? Oh, man, I'm great. I'm great. First of all, man, congratulations. Uh, I know I tell you all the time, congratulations, but it's truly an honor to talk to you now that you actually pursuing your passion and doing what you want to do. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I'm honored. I just remember us having a lot of conversations about me, you know, wanting to do things outside of having a nine to five and not want to work anymore. So just for you to kind of be along with the ride through that process, man, um, I'm honored to be here with you. Yeah, definitely, man. So let's talk about, um, you know, the beginning of everything. How old were you when you discovered your passion for cooking? Cooking, I want to say maybe five, six, you know, just watching my grandmother cook Thanksgiving or, you know, just daily meal. She old school, so we was eating dinner at five o'clock. <laughs> so, um, you know, she had already started when I came home from school. And um, my first memory of just watching somebody cook is watching her cook after school while I'm doing my homework at the table. So it was like some of the like, dishes she would make. Well, my family's originally from Mississippi, so everything was southern-based. Fried chicken, okra, fried green tomatoes, macaroni and cheese, collard greens. Um, you know, she would do breakfast, pancakes. She mostly cooked three square meals a day. Wow. So you, so she eventually taught you how, like, how to do it? That's how you got into it? I, I think I picked up the, the passion or maybe even just the necessity for it. Um, just watching her cook every day. And it was something I just grew accustomed to seeing. And you know, at three, four years old, at such a young age, I'm not even realizing that this is something that everybody might not even get. You know, a, a woman who cooks three meals for you know her family, my mom, my uncles, we all kind of stayed in one house at that time. So um, just to see that, I think it kind of sparked something in me, interest. Um, just to watch her do it um, faithfully every day. And um, as I got older, it's just something that gravitated towards me. Okay, because you said you, because you said like it became a necessity. So like, did you take over cooking in the household? No, no, just the necessity of cooking. Um, I, I'm more so us coming from a neighborhood we all grew up in a three-bedroom apartment. It was my mom, her five brothers and sisters, and my grandmother. And, you know, we talking about in the 80s, so Southeast, so many things going on, and, you know, just her not even really making enough money to maybe go out to eat. So for the for us to eat, for the family to eat, it was a necessity for her to cook. Got you. Got you. So now that you've, um, you know, you've launched your own business, um, I wanted you to talk about how'd you discover your passion for entrepreneurship? Well, um, that kind of happened at a young age too, you know, around the same time. Me and my grandmother were with somebody and we just so happened to go in the Sam's Club. And so I'm looking around and I'm like, dang, this is all the stuff that's on the ice cream truck. <laughs> I could get some money and buy this, you know, could I sell it? So I think the first thing I bought was 
a job hot sausage, Big Mama hot sausage, because, you know, the girls in the neighborhood, they love the hot sausage, mash it up, put in the pickle, you know, hood stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and said, okay. And, I mean, this is, this is not even a 90s, James. You know, this is 88, 89. And um, I, I have this vivid memory, though, of going to Sam's Club. I, I think I bought some blow pops and some um, hot sausages. And just to see that I could turn a profit, you know, I could buy something for $10 with 30 of a minute and make $30. It was just amazing to me. And I think from <laughs> that point on, I was just hooked. Yeah, I'm sure. Just, you know, just being able to, it's good that at a young age, you just realize that, you know, you could actually turn it into your own business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that you, you know, you, you know, me and you, we met through work. We, you know, we, we came up together at work. How did you end up making the decision to go, you know, start the business full time for yourself? Um, well, I'm, as you know, you know, just being my personal friend, I kind of went through a situation with my health that I was released from work. So I had to have a procedure done. It took me a little bit longer than I thought it would to recover. Um, and unfortunately, I was on a, a government contract, you know, even though I was a Department of Defense employee, you know, I had a security clearance and all these different things. I was always a contractor working for various uh, contracting companies, but just always stayed in the same department. And um, getting older, I believe I turned 30 that year when I had surgery and I started working there at 24. And I'm starting to realize, like, I, I didn't really control my future. I remember times, you know, when there were furloughs or rifts, and I mean, it affected some GS employees too, but it affects the contractor normally first. Yeah. The money that, you know, your contract is allotted for starts to dry up, then they'll cut that off. And, you know, they tell us to miss three days, four days, five days. Those were days that I didn't get paid for. And that was an uncomfortable feeling, just to feel like that instability or just the need from somebody to take some money from here and put it somewhere else can affect my livelihood. And it was a feeling that I told myself I didn't want to grow any older being comfortable with. I think that we people are fooled to believe that they got to give their life to an employer and you don't. Yeah. Was you was you nervous? Was you was you did you have any fear once you made that decision? Because that's a big decision to make. I think when you got an option, then nervousness, nerves can set in. But when you ain't got a choice, it, like that wasn't even a factor. Yeah. Cause I do remember that. Like that was that was a tough time. Like I, you know, I just remember you going through that surgery and um that was tough, man. Like just not knowing, you know, what was going on. I remember, man, you would touch base and you would just be like, I mean, I'm healing, but I still can't work. And I just remember thinking like, damn, like this dude literally can't really do the things he do. Like he can't even work right now just because of that surgery. And I just remember like, damn, yeah. that was a tough feel. Yeah, I mean, it was just a process to the recovery. I had to learn how to walk all over again, you know, and I was bedridden for, three or four months. Um, and so I just kind of took that opportunity to, I guess, feed my mind. I watched, um, you know, shows like Shark Tank and Dragon Slayer. And um, then I watched, I read a book 
a couple of books by author called John C. Maxwell, 21 Airfield Laws of Leadership, um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, and I just kind of versed myself in the etiquette of business a little bit further. I mean, I, I went to college for it, and it's just always been something that was a strong suit for me, but just kind of how to do things on a higher level. Um, and how to start some things for myself. I started my first LLC at the age of 21, and I believe I believe I was in 2006. So, you know, getting the EIN and registering a business and all those types of things, those things weren't, you know, foreign, foreign to me, but the day-to-day execution and um, just the grind of being an entrepreneur, um, you know, when you work at nine to five, you kind of set in between that. You might come an hour early or stay an hour late, but you know, when you work for yourself, you just work until the work is done. Yeah. Man. So do you do you feel like looking back now that you've had it, you know, some years to reflect, are you kind of glad that happened? Because it kind of like forced your hand and make the move you made. Absolutely, absolutely. It forced me to kind of venture out into the deep, the deep water and um, you know, walk on faith. And that was a time that I was really close to God. I just had so much time to sit still. I couldn't really do anything but lay in the bed. So I had a, a lot of conversations with God, had a lot of conversations with myself again. I'm literally 30 years old, you know, going through this. And I'm thinking about, okay, what's the rest of your life going to look like? Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. But I'm I'm, I'm glad that, ha- I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not glad that, you know, you, well, let me make sure I phrase it right. I'm, I'm not glad that you had to go through that physical aspect, but I'm glad that life circumstances took you in a direction where you just decided to go ahead and just pursue this full time. Because again, we talked so many times and I know you were in a good place. You happy because you actually doing what you want to do. Right. Right. A great feeling. Yeah, I'm sure. Cause Believe me, every day I wake up wishing I was doing what I want to do. But, you know, it comes with time and who knows, it, I may have a situation where my hand get full. So, you know, right. it's, all on, it's all on what God wants. So, now, now we talk about like, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, you know, you don't have a set schedule, but I know you and you, you dedicate a lot of time to work. Has it created any challenges for you dating? Absolutely. Um, I can say, hey, you know, let's do this on Friday to somebody. And then that might be Monday and I might get booked on Thursday for a brunch, a catering event, we'll still have it. And I, I'm going to take it. Oh, of course. That's money. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you when you building a brand, you kind of got to be all hands on deck at all time. Um, because that one job that I missed, that could be somebody reaching out to somebody else, you know, it's extremely competitive in anything that you're involved in. But um, just for me and my personal life, it's just, it's, it's a lot of cooks, good, talented chefs, caterers out here. So they don't have to come to me. So, I mean, just to show them the appreciation um, for them wanting to do business with me, I'm going to try to make sure that I can do it. And, you know, it, I've missed whole trips had to cancel plane tickets or somebody bought me a plane ticket and, you know, they had to cancel. And of course, you know, the person was mad, but it's just the way my life is. Yeah. 
um, does it does it make you feel any type of way, or or you or you kind of, kind of grown accustomed to it? I mean, I love it. I I love my life. I I I'm one of the lucky people who get to do what they love, exercise their gift, and make a living. So just to be able to say that, you know, that God has blessed me with talents to be able to sustain my, my, my living habits. Um, that's just a great feeling in itself. Um, so, I mean, I just really count everything as a blessing, as you know, just because of what I've been through and where I came from. Yeah, definitely. And that, that is a blessing. And then we and you, we, we, it's, you talked, me and you talked about something like, you know, me and you've had conversations before. And we, you told me something that I have never really heard a man say before. We was talking about age and stuff. And you, and I, and you told me at your age, it could be viewed as a negative when a man doesn't have kids. I wanted you to elaborate more on that. Oh, I mean, I've dealt with several women, actually. Not only did they have a problem with my schedule, but some of them expressed the issue that I didn't have children. When you're, you know, 35, 36 months, like myself and the most of the women that you meet, they're going to be around your age or, you know, at least in their 30s. I do meet women who are 27, 28, but um, they're probably going to have a child. I mean, a lot of them do, a lot of them don't, but, you know, some of them, they have children and those children can be of various ages. I've, you know, so I've had people to say, you know, my son is 12 or my daughter is 13. I don't want to start all over. So, man, you, it's, it's not going to work out. I've encountered that several times. Wow. How, did, how, does, that, how does that make you feel? Because I, I, I'm really trying to grasp my brain. Because you, you know how we always, you know, we always, I'm not going to say always, but a lot of the talk goes towards women when it's, you know, when it comes to kids. But it's not too often that you hear about it. From the from the man's aspect, so how does that make you feel when you hear that? I'm okay with it, man, because everybody just isn't for everybody. Okay. So if 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 my situation it, it don't make sense to you, it doesn't fit into the plan that you already have set for your life. I understand. I think sometimes we all have to make decisions like that concerning people's or situations where I see myself born. You don't fit in that. Yeah, so it was just respect. Wow. What? So, like, what? When you like, what's some of the most important things you look for? Because you don't really have a lot of time to waste. So, like, is there certain traits you're looking for? Is there certain things you look for in a woman before you, you know, before you say, okay, maybe we can't get serious? Or, um, I, I definitely think it takes some patience. Just at the point of my career, you know, where I am, they kind of say, um, I read in some book that boil, that water boils at 212 degrees. And I'm about at 209 right now. So I can't, <laughs> I can't let the fire go right now. So everything that I got in just about everything that I do is to strengthen my brain right now. So it all everything I got goes into what I'm trying to build. And so I just need somebody who, maybe willing to be a little bit patient to kind of fit into that, understand that my plans can change at any moment. I can get booked at any moment. 
sometimes I feel like I can do something, but I'll be so tired from some things that I knew I had to do and just some things that I didn't know I had to do in the day that I might have to cancel. I know that um, that can be seen as disrespectful because everybody's busy. Right. And, and, you know, I hear women say it all the time, well, you'll make the time for the things that you want. You're making time for something. I hear that, you know, so much and I get it, but my life is just not set up like that right now. But I'm uncomfortable now because I want to be comfortable later. So I'm willing to put myself in uncomfortable, uh, you know, situations. I stay up for 24, 36, you know, even like 52 hours at a time. That was all just this year since January, you know, doing catering jobs and catering gigs. So many things that I got to do and so many things that I got to keep keep account of that my mind is going so much that it's sometimes hard for me to go to sleep. And that's definitely not a comfortable situation. But I do those things. Um, first of all, I thank God that I'm physically able to do them after what I came out of. But also, it's just to to continue multiplying the gifts that God birthed in me. You know, that's that's my thrust. Right. Now, you know, you I, you got the catering thing, and you also have some um, events coming up. And I want you to get it, you know, make sure you tell, you know, get it, listen, it's a chance to know some of the things you're doing with your catering, like some of the events you had coming up. Yeah, well, I got a few things coming up, man. I'm, um, I do the catering thing, and then I do some residential and commercial real estate kind of on the side. I was a loan originator, so I help people um, secure financing and, you know, fix their credit score for about two years, two and a half years, going in the office every day and got versed in that business and just finance as a whole. I think my first year I might have did like four house purchases, two refinances, maybe three refinances and a reverse mortgage. So just to kind of originate and, you know, do some of the processing on those files, running people credit scores, checking the debt to income ratio. I just kind of got a crash course in the housing industry and finance. And I developed a passion for that, helping African-Americans specifically, but not exclusively, you know, fix their credit up and structure their credit in a way that a bank is going to feel comfortable with giving them a $300,000, $400,000 loan. So I do that and I have some first-time home buyer seminars coming up. I will give you the information as the situation develops, but we kind of still cooking it up right now. So it's not too much more that I can share for you, except for if somebody is trying to purchase a home for a first time and they're looking for funds, you know, EHAP, HPAP, different uh, people who give out funds to help you with your down payment and your, um, and your, um, you know, your, your closing costs. So that's something else that I'm developing in the process of developing right now. But, you know, I'm cooking every day. I'm doing meal prep. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm doing that three, four, five in a good week, five, six times. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to the hol- holidays, November, December, Thanksgiving, Christmas. So um, I'm, I'm excited about that. But then I also have a brunch coming up um, this Sunday. And it'll actually be every Sunday from now until September 8th, which is uh, the beginning of the football season. It's at a place called Fire Station One on Georgia Avenue, 8131 Georgia Avenue, Silver Springs, Maryland. It's uh, adjacent to Society Lounge. And uh, myself and my business partner, Chef Daniel, 
we'll be doing a brunch weekly, you know, got some good shrimp and grits, jerk wings and macaroni and cheese, French toast, red velvet waffles, pink mimosas, uh, grapefruit mimosas, strawberry mimosas, mango mimosas, different flavors. So um, if you and your wife can come on, man, I think I think that'll be great. It'll be a good time for us to catch up and you can kind of see where we are culinary wise too. Yeah, I, I'm gonna do my best, man. I, I'm, I, I know we got. I know that's like. Let me see. Let me count the Sundays. It's like four, three or four Sundays. Yeah, three or four. So I'm gonna do my best, man, because you, um, you've been good to me. You've been a great friend, and you also prepared that anniversary dinner for me. So remember that, man. I got a whole photo shoot for that. I don't know if I ever sent you those pictures. Oh yeah, you did. You sent it to me. I posted it. It was, it was excellent, man. My wife enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So. You know, I appreciate you lending your skills to that. I appreciate that. Yeah, man, I appreciate your patronage, man. Um, one thing that you found out earlier about uh, as an entrepreneur, you just got to be okay with it, is that most of the people who are going to support you are going to be strangers. Yeah, yeah. And as far as my business, I think that my social media helps, but it can't be your business. Social media can just be a a, a, a aspect or you know one of the main visuals of your business we just kind of live in a in a visually based world right now where everybody wants to be able to have access to you or your business you know right through their phone instantly so you have to take advantage of all these different platforms but um word of mouth and execution are any entrepreneur's best friend if you execute and you can get people to vouch for you and plug you, you know, in the right situations when somebody needs your services, um, that's that's what'll really blow your business up. Yeah, I like it, and and, and I will say, um, you know how important anniversaries are. Like that was the um, that was that's my wife's. Well, <laughs> between that and Valentine's Day, those are her favorite holidays. So that day is important, right? And. I trusted you enough because, you know, we got a good history. And I, I said, okay, I got, I know Nick will come through. So I trust you with the anniversary and you came through. So, you know, we, we definitely could do business again. There's no issue with that. Yeah, I appreciate the support and just you let me be a part of a day, of that day. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that I, I think a lot of people, you know, we have to do a great job of supporting each other. Like, because we all starting out, we all in the, you know, we all in the infant stages of what we doing. And I got to, I always look, I always say this, like, you know, words of encouragement, they're great. And that's a blessing. But when you really behind somebody, you got to put money behind them. Yeah. Like, (laughs) in my theory is, you know, I've put, I put money behind a lot of fashion designers, restaurants, you know, different things of people that I'm never going to meet in life, you know? Mm-hmm. And me and you have sat down, we've had conversations, we've talked personally, we've talked about family, we've talked about pretty much anything you can name. So I wouldn't even feel right not patronizing you, knowing everything you went through to even get to this point which you're growing, you're still growing and you're doing a great job of growing your business. And I commend you for that. And that's what I'm saying. Like we have to be there for people in the beginning. I, people, people had this thing where they wait 
for you to be successful and then they want to patron. It's like, no, you got to help that person in the beginning. That's when they need it the most. I mean, when you coming along in the end, you helping them sustain and that's great. But it's those beginning times, it's those beginning months when they need you the most. Right, right. So I'm gonna close you, I'm gonna close out with this question. What is your definition of success? Success. Um that's a that's a good question, man, because that has evolved, I guess, me maturing as a man and as a businessman, was though before I kind of saw success as a life as a as a dollar amount that I wanted to achieve. But now I I see it as a lifestyle that I want to achieve. I want to be able to live a certain way and provide for my family a certain way and um, create my own schedule, continue not to have a boss, venture you know, more into real estate and um, commodities trading and you know, just a lot of things that I have access to, knowledge of that um, I think will yield me some residual income for the next 50, 60 years, you know, have a lot, much longer God grants me, but I think that we all got to find a way to number one, harness our gifts to, to into a business. I think we all have something in us that's a business or that we can turn into a business service that we can provide that we can naturally do better than anybody else. And then I think we got to, we got to stack our assets. We got to be a little bit more concerned about things that will accrue you money than things that lose their value as soon as you buy it, as soon as you purchase it. Um, but for me, that's my definition of success, um, to have various investments, um, property, be running a successful catering company, meal prep company, possibly have a food truck and you know some other things and be able to run all these businesses, you know, with various business partners successfully and still be able to have time for my family and have my body in shape and, you know, have a great relationship with Christ, um, continue to grow that. Like, that's that's what it looks like for me. That's a great vision, man. And, you know, you putting it out there, you done put it in the atmosphere, and I'm sure you're going to get there. You putting in the work, you putting in the time, so it's going to happen for you, brother. I believe it. I believe in it. You don't always know how, but you just always know that it's going to happen for you, whatever it is. So you just yeah, press towards that mark. The yeah, first thing you got to do is speaking into existence, and you did that. So Yeah. Well, long time ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, man, well, look, I want to thank you again for doing this, man, because I like, you know, I know how cramped and busy your schedule is. So for you to take the time to help me advance my dreams, man, I truly appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Anything you need from me, promotion-wise, you know, um, graphic design, any of those things, I feel free to ask me, man, and I'll reach out to my resources to help build your platform. Hey, man, appreciate it. Oh, before we, before we go, make sure you um, tell the listeners how they can follow you on social media. Okay. Yeah, on um, Instagram, my handle, I actually changed it. I'm just getting it down packaged at underscore chef at underscore Dom. So that's my main contact. You can catch, look at us on a Finishing Touches Culinary on Facebook at Finishing Touches Culinary on um, Instagram. So those are the best ways to find me. All right. 
Well, again, man, thank you so much. And um, thank everyone for taking the time to listen. And you all have a great day. Yeah, thanks, man. All right.